Hello and welcome to Seasoned Four. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. So today we will be meeting Dan. He's a marketeer, a director, a entrepreneur and also a church leader. But more interestingly, he's a guy that's been through some really, really tricky times and has actually come out a whole heap better. So we'll get to find out more about that. But let's get into the devotion and then afterwards jump into the interview. Go searching in the store. In Matthew chapter 5 in the Passion Translation, it reads at verse 3, What wealth is offered to you when you feel your spiritual poverty? For there is no charge to enter the realm of the heaven's kingdom. Are you at your wit's end? There's the king's abundance freely available. Like walking into a supermarket or a department store where everything is free. It's there to meet your needs. Dignity, liberty, hope, compassion, mercy and life. Limp walk, jog or run, enter into his presence. Be yourself, ask and wait. Your cup will be filled, your purpose reinvigorated. Let his light into your darkness. Amen. So we are now with my second guest on this podcast known as Seasoned Four. And I'm joined with a friend of mine who I've known for, uh, for years. I mean, we're, this is a long time. I think when I was running a, um, a print company, I came across this chap and his name's Dan. And so, Dan, tell me, uh, who are you and how on earth do you pronounce your second name? Because I'm not very good at second names. And tell me a bit more what you do and what you love doing. And my son did say to me on the first podcast, Dad, you asked too many questions. It's like, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we start with those ones then? Yeah, go hey, on Hey, Matt, great to, great to be with you, mate. Yeah, so I'm Dan Mordub, M-A-U-D-H-U-B. Mordub. So it's at Mordhub. Yeah, so it's actually logically pronounced the way that it's spelled. M-A-U-D, Mordhub, H-U-B. Okay. So, but <laughs> I would say one in 20, one in 30 people would say Mordhub. So <laughs> I've been called all sorts of weird and wonderful things. So, yeah, I'm Dan. And as you said, mate, we've known each other a long time, haven't we? Um, yeah, yeah. What do I do? So lots of different things so i'm involved in, in sort of different business business areas my main business is a digital agency so we we help companies with all their stuff online yeah. um do a lot of um work around that sort of area we have a ministry called wonderful leaders which is about mm. encouraging christian leaders just to just to be who god's called them to be in in their space in their world whether they're in business whether they're in education or politics it's more it's more just helping people to to yeah, just to connect into God and connect into each other in an everyday life, you know, outside of a Sunday context. So that's that's a big passion of mine. Yeah. I also, I'm an elder of a church in in Maidstone called Jubilee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which and we're we're part of a church family called Church of the Nations, and I help to sort of I sit on the leadership 
team there as well and in business and with leaders that are sort of out there doing their thing, as yeah. I say. So yeah, that's that's kind of what my life looks like. That's Aside cool. from having two very energetic boys and a lovely wife. So home life is enough, isn't it, at the moment? I can imagine, so. I can imagine. <laughs> and so um, uh, I think when, when I came across you, you were, um, it was a fashion show um, in a school for young people. That's right, yes. And, it, now, and was it Wow or was it Bang that was the name of your uh, agency that you're running? No, oh, that long. Do we know each other that long? Yeah, we have. Right. So I used to have an agency called Hit Communication. There you go, called Hit. That's Hit. it. That's right. So Hit. Yes. So that was, yeah, oh my goodness, we know each other a long time ago. And, and it I, was I was, a while ago. Yeah, because I remember that. And I, I just, and then I, I got a whiff of the fact that it was done by some Christians and, I, and by the church as well. And it was just the language that you gave away that was like, Oh, he's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, hit stood for honesty, integrity, and truth. That was that was the oh, where that's hit interesting. Came from. And so yeah, you've got so so these these businesses that you run are called wonderful. Um, yes. Why, why are they called wonderful? Because seriously, that's well, a ridiculous, wonderful word. It, it is a ridiculous word, isn't it? Firstly, yeah. because yeah. it's a ridiculous word. Yeah. Secondly, yeah. because it's a word that people remember. Yeah. So in in agency world, everyone's got everything's a color or it's got an ambiguous name. It's a wonderful, it's a strong name. And yeah. thirdly, and most importantly, it was because when we were when we were sort of you know dreaming up the wonderful dream, yeah. we wanted something that reflected who Jesus is. And one of the words mm. for Jesus is is a wonderful counselor, you know. Oh. And and our whole mission is to help people, you know. So whether we're working with leaders, whether we're working with businesses, you know, we we serve a wonderful counselor. And that's that kind of uh, mission and ethos and culture we want to bring into what we do. So, you that's know, amazing. and the word wonderful, do you know what? And the word wonderful, like we, we'd be in a boardroom yeah. meeting with a corporate organization and people would turn and look at us and go, I love that word. I love that name. And it instantly it does something in them. It really, yeah. you know, I don't want to over spiritualize it, but it, it kind of, it's been something that God's used. God's used that name to, to yeah. sort of reflect the message. So, yeah, that's why so, it's called. So it's wonderful. a celebration, and it's an so it's a celebration. It's a destination, and it's an, an enabler. Oh, I like that. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, it's like really, that. really, really good. And, and you don't know that at the beginning, right? You just come no. up with the name, and you feel like they're leaning towards you know. And it just and we you know we we're like we're a creative agency. So you come up with yeah. hundreds of names. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We sat there. I remember. I remember the moment sitting there. And someone just said, what about, when we were looking, I think we were actually looking through the scriptures and yeah. someone said, what about wonderful? And it just, yeah. you know, you just have that kind of silence moment. You're like, yeah, that works. And that's it. <laughs> so everything we do is built around, is built around that, that name, wonderful. So we have wonderful leaders with wonderful foundation, obviously of the agency called wonderful. Yes. And then yes. the wonder hub is our co-working space we have in Kent. Yeah. And again, yeah. it's, it's a place of wonder. It's a hub of wonder. So, <laughs> so that is that, so good. That, that is that's so it. Good. So, um, uh, as you know, um, I've started this podcast as as a really it's an it's a conversation. It's uh, to to hear from different people from different walks of life about um, what does the kingdom of God look like to them? What does it look like to follow Jesus in His mission? And and obviously, you've you've seen a whole bunch of my little devotions that I write which yep. um, resonate with a whole bunch of people 
this right. this one is really interesting to me because this actually kickstart for me potentially the most important manifesto what Jesus talked about. You know, when we talk about when Jesus said uh, uh, the kingdom of God is this, or and he goes on to it. For me, he it's he, the the Sermon on the Mount is a, is a way of him actually explaining explaining it. And you Absolutely. have decided to go with straight in with the first beatitude which um, with a beautiful attitude, so some people like to call it. And yep. um, I, I mean, I, I read it from um, the, the Passion Translation and some people read it from others, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Um, just tell me the story, why? Because of all of the different passages in that, uh, um, in that, on that talk on a, on a hill, um, why was it that one or what was it that made you, made you think yeah i'd like to talk about this because poverty is not a good story it's a sad story <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's a good question and i think i think the beatitudes are just reflect the fullness of the heart of god and the love of god towards us as very human very very frail very fragile people yeah. And I think that, I, you know, I just think there's, I mean, you know, and I, I want to start this, 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 this section, you know, with a disclaimer saying I don't want to preach, but we'll see <laughs> where we go. But I think that the Beatitudes from, 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 our, from, our, you know, I, I've been a Christian leader for many years as you have, and yeah. you can read it in a very sense of, you can read it from a sense of piousness or a sense of, yeah. you know, I've got it sorted. And I think the more, the longer I journey with Jesus, the less I realize I've got sorted. And the more I realize I need Jesus. And I think that is the absolute beauty of the upside down kingdom that we serve. Yeah. And this one verse is almost the epitome, almost like the epicenter of the upside down kingdom. Yeah. How can yeah. you be blessed when you are poor? How can you be blessed when you're spiritually poor? How yeah. can those two things work together? And yeah. they work together because of Jesus and what he did on the cross and because of the reality of what heaven is. Yeah. And yeah. so theologically, practically from my own personal experience i mean this one verse can wrap up so much of what life is about you know i am spiritually yeah. poor and i know that i'm spiritually poor and the more that i know that i'm poor the yeah. more i can access riches the more that i think i'm rich the less i can access riches you know yeah how hard is it, is it for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. that's physically and, and and within myself and how much how much pride do I have to walk around in before I can realize that I'm spiritually poor? So can how many you, edges need to be knocked off me? You know, there's so much. Can you give me an then an, an example then? Because you're, you're you're spot on. Can you give me an example then of of when you were at at your wits end, and what was the thing that actually lifted you out of that that darkness? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I can give you lots of daily examples, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I go to bed and think, why did I shout at my kids like that today? And why why did I just not, well, I don't know, not have more grace in that situation. Why do I think I'm always right? I can, my mind, you know, you, you know, the older you get, you more, as I said, the more you realize you are spiritually poor and you need Jesus and there is no other way. Yeah. But a couple of larger examples have been, you know, I, I became a Christian when I was seven years old at, at, yeah, at an yeah. evangelistic crusade in Kent. Yeah. And, you know, with, with a good friend of mine, Eric Delve, who was preaching at the time. Oh, and, at Detling. Um, at Detling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that's how I became a Christian. Um, but then, uh, long story short, I mean, I walked away from the Lord, for, 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 from church more specifically, um, for a number of years for various reasons. Yeah. And yeah. I 
I was 21, 22 years old. And I'd lived a very different lifestyle to a Christian lifestyle. I'd lived a lot of different things. Yeah, a normal and, one, I call it. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, sampling, sampling the things of that, like you said, the normal people do sample. Yeah. And I sampled it a lot. And I got to a stage in my life where I could feel the Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit of God inside of me saying, Dan, I want you back. Dan, I want you back. And I graduated, got a good degree, got yeah. a job in London, and I was living what every single 21, 22-year-old in the world wants to live like. Yeah. He's, you know, he's got, I've got it. I've got the job in Sloan Square, earning all the bucks, wearing the nice suits, and it was a tug in my heart. And that wrestle between the world and between what God wants to do in my life was so real to the point where I'd been a nightclub yeah. on narcotics. Yeah. high on narcotics in a nightclub full of alcohol and yeah. god would be speaking to my heart saying you're my child and i want you back and i and it got to a stage where i was leaving the nightclub and i would just walk home i would just walk for two three hours and wrestle with god huh. in, in a completely adult state of mind but resting with god and and realizing that god loves me and he wants me and he's calling me back to him so yeah. long and I, I've got uh, I could talk for hours about this one story, but long story short is I ended up just bowing the knee at the age of 23 and going to do yeah. Bible school yeah. and just saying, God, I'm yours. I am poor. I yeah. cannot fight you any longer. I cannot fight the love that you want to give me any longer. And I and I and from that place of submission, mm. I've realized what this scripture means. I've realized that I can have everything the world has had and I can climb atop of the tree, but I'm spiritually poor and I need the reality of heaven because that is what's real. What's around yeah. me is temporary. What is real is heaven and the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ. So that's that was quite a, a big example. I've got another big one as well. Go on then. Um, Go do you want me to go into that one? Yeah, honestly, the, the messier, the better. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, so so that was kind of like my sort of, you know, whether you call it a reconversion experience, whatever you want to call it. Mm. I was 23 years old. The, the last, the, another major time in my life happened about five years ago. Um, and this is an incredible, uh, that's just, yeah, season in my life. So about five years ago in our church, with a massive church blow up, the leader left. We found some issues going on. Yeah. It was a massive drama. I mean, and I'm not going to go into the drama of it, but it was big. It was big yeah, yeah. drama. And it didn't just involve our church. It involved many churches that we were leading, we were working with. And I was one of the senior leaders working with churches all over the world. It was yeah. all going on. Drama happened. And that that's I'm going to leave that story there. At the same time, yeah, my business halved overnight. Huh. Uh, and at the same time, and I'm talking the same time, I mean, in the same months, yeah. um, my business owed me money, which it couldn't pay me. Yeah. And I'd knocked my house down. And when I say knocked my house down, I literally mean we had a front door, we had a third of a roof. So, our, you know, our house is a semi, <laughs> a third of a roof. We had a front door. It was like a movie set. So you open the front door and there, were, there was the lounge, which I'm sitting in now. Yeah. Didn't look like this, but it was still a four walls. That was it. That was my house. I knocked everything else down. <laughs> we moved out of our house. We moved out of our house into one bedroom. Four of us lived in one bedroom for seven months. This was planned, right? The uh, yes, the, the house being knocked down was planned. Yes, but the situation, the house 
house was going to be a knockdown yeah. with fifty thousand pounds that the business owed me was going to be used to rebuild the house that fifty thousand pounds didn't come because the business was going under wow the church the, the church that i've been involved with for uh, 14 years at the time yeah. my spiritual father had just left gone and there was a whole other scenario going around there and my marriage was left with i was left with no business no leadership no church no money and no house come on living in living in one room living in one bedroom for six months i think it was even longer than that but six so, months so how was dan was he less wonderful then <laughs> dan was dan was spiritually poor and mentally poor emotionally poor yeah financially poor you were a mess and i think i was a mess and i think it was yeah. the most the toughest yet the most intimate season i've ever had in my life i only had jesus now it's easy to say that when you're in a mountaintop but yeah. i'm what i'm telling you i'll show like could you imagine literally having no house i would lie there night oh, no. after yeah night. i know, what it, I know and, what and like. you know being honest with you mm. i didn't tell my wife that i wasn't i didn't have the money wow because i can how do you tell your wife and your children that you've moved them into one bedroom yeah. lived out of a suitcase but not, how do you tell your wife that you don't have the money to rebuild the house for a couple of months so i we had about and i'm just wow. being very transparent we yeah. had about 15 grand in the bank for savings so i knew that i could pay the 15 grand yeah uh, you know pay the builders up to uh, 15 grand and then um but i also knew the money wasn't coming from the business that was where it was coming from yes and i, I yes. knew it wasn't coming yeah, it's a long story. I knew it wasn't coming. So, right, you're dealing with that. You are at your wits' with, end. I'm at my wits' end, and and I was dealing with dozens, and I'm talking dozens of my friends leaving ministry, offended, hurt, broken. It yeah. was blowing up on the internet. It was blowing up with church leaders across the world that I worked with. Yes. So I'm like the stress and the anxiety that that of 2016 was un, uh, unreal unlike anything i've ever experienced and Strong. it brought me to my bottom it brought me it brought me to the place of understanding what this scripture means because the only reality i had was that jesus christ is my lord and savior that father god loves me and in heaven there are storehouses of richness yeah. that i yeah. want to tap into of love of grace of peace of joy of mercy of forgiveness yeah and that's yeah. all i had it's all i had matt i'm not joking with you so so, all I had. so what was it then because because I, I you know i've i've gone through some fantastically horrific things in my life and there are moments where it's just sitting down with a friend or um a few years back god just spoke very clearly to me about just just really dig deep into uh, uh, ecclesia which is a, a form of theology about what, what mm. the church looks like etc what were the things that that were like say the rays of light that turned that basically took you from a point of i'm not sure how i'm going to do this because I don't know about you, but there are moments when we are at such at our end to the point we think, I don't know how I'm going to cope with this anymore. Yeah, I think there's no point on this anymore. And we, we yeah. know that you know it's part of the brain, and it's basically it's a fight or flight scenario. But there is yeah. a moment when we think, and it's so dark, you think, well, why should I bother anymore? Maybe I should call Absolutely. it a day. What was that? What were the things that that basically turned you from that sense of? Maybe I can tell my wife now or not tell my wife or because that took that took crazy nerve. Yeah. Crazy fear. Yeah. 
Um, very, very lonely and isolating, I think, imagine. Yeah, massive. Yeah, I mean, uh, my, my mental health and my anxiety during that time was was through the roof. And people that know me know me as quite a, a charismatic, extroverted yeah, yeah, yeah. leader. Yeah, yeah. I speak a lot. I'm, a, you know, I'm always yeah, on stage, a, yeah, on stage yeah. somewhere or virtual as we are now. And that time, I think, I think the first thing that got me through this and one of the reasons why the Beatitudes are so powerful to me is realizing that genuinely god i had to put my trust that god will not let me die would not yeah. would not let me be put to shame those who wait in the lord and trust in the lord will not be put to shame yeah and i had to i had to i had to directly apply god's word in a way that if if so you had to agree with what was written before it was actually I happening 100 percent. i walked on prophetically on god's word right for for two years for two years it wasn't just for one month this was two years yeah it took yeah. two years to rebuild and you know like not you know not many people see that no. and, and pray you know i would wake in the i'd wake up in the morning and i would go to work and i would still have to be the md or the ceo of the company and yeah. i would still have to try and sell stuff but i knew what was happening behind the scenes and and so i'm i'm it was like it was honestly like being schizophrenic at times no, you can, i, I can that. imagine that and, and it was like, and then I'm dealing with church stuff and I've got my friends phoning me saying I'm leaving. I've got yeah. people that people that I've walked with for 14 years, just left the country, just went. These are my friends. I, wow. oh, by the way, one of my best mates died in the middle of it as well. I forgot about that. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, seriously. One of my best mates died. And that was, that was like life transforming for me yeah. because I was, because we were such good friends. We would pray and... And this is the weird dichotomy. I don't necessarily want to get off the topic now, but no, 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 we pray. I, I was I was in prayer times with him on his hospital bed, yeah. where the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God yeah. was so tangible and thick in the room that we would sit together, yeah. just just um, absorbed by the love of God, just not even almost been able to move. And I'm okay. not I'm not an over emotive person in terms of my experience of god or whatever but mm. i had genuinely felt the power of god yet he died yeah I know. so you deal with that so oh yeah i yeah. forgot about that so one of my best buddies and, and i was with him i was with him when he passed and so yeah. like dealing with that as well and dealing with okay god you're a loving god and you're a healing god and you're a powerful god but my friends just died as yeah, well yeah you just let me down god what where are you now where are you so, now yeah. So like that is that. So when I, I feel like I feel like in, in, in my own way, I've felt like what it means to be spiritually poor. And, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. we've all got our own experiences. One's not better than the other and one's not more valid than the other. So, but, you know, I've been to that place and I, I know what that place feels like. There's, there's one thing believing in a word. And, I, you know, I, I, I totally get that. And it's like you, you, it's almost like you fully immerse yourself in, in something. Uh, and yeah. it's like you you hang on to a verse like this yeah. has to be my true north that is this is this is, yeah. envelops your identity envelops your yeah. thoughts etc yeah but, but there was you had 15 grand in the bank you had seven months in a house when was yeah. that moment when you thought actually it's going to be okay what were the there were there must have been a couple of moments where you thought okay we've turned a corner here this is no longer as dark. It's becoming a bit grey, and light is starting to seep in. When did that happen, and what were they? When the changes started to happen inside of me, and I think my my hmm. my my encounter, my experience of Jesus, is that He's first and foremost only interested in changing me. 
And when he changes me, when he changes my internal environment, my external environment changes naturally. So, so you're saying that, investing time with God and you and actually making 100%. sure that you are spiritually rich. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right, okay. Okay. I, I, you know, and that to me is the dichotomy. Blessed. What does blessed mean? This is the start of the scripture. Says, you know, we're reading from the Passion, but mm -hmm. the beatitude is blessed. It's makarios. It's a state of being. It's yeah. a state of being internally when your external says one thing, yeah. but your internal says the heavenly reality. Yes. So when my internals, when I started to say, God, I'm walking through this with you. We yes. are going to get through this. I don't know where the money's coming from. Yeah. And that, that was a miraculous provision. Money didn't come from the business, by the way. We had £50,000 yeah. given to us from two sources. Wow. When we never even asked for it. We each had two checks. So, but the check, what that, that was the outcome. The check was the external. When the money came, I was like, yeah. cool, that's fine. I know that was going to come, but it was because my internal was changing. So essentially, I was literally being rebroken on the cross. So essentially, your identity, who you were, was not as Dan of of Kent, of yeah. Maidstone, or Dan the church leader, or Dan the husband, Dan the Dan, Dan the father. You were Dan exactly. the son exactly. of the living God. And you were you were walking as a citizens of heaven. You were walking with and so in many senses you were starting to see the world through God's eyes as opposed to Dan's normal eyes, where it was like, I'm not quite sure how to deal with this. Is there a way I can you know duck and dive and 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 what i call uh you need the dough you you try and work it out but actually your identity changed or your you, who 100 percent. yeah 100 and that's where that scripture says for theirs is the kingdom of heaven you know because the kingdom of heaven is love joy peace it's righteousness it's yeah. it's transformation it's freedom it's liberty and when I started to change on the inside, and this is a journey. It's not when I started to change so I've become some kind of angelic being. Yeah, it's, yeah. As I started to say, Jesus, you are all I have, and and I and and that's all I need. Yes. And I'm going to walk this through. We're going to get through this, and you're not going to let me go. And I'm not. And it wasn't some name it, claim it, frame it relationship. It was a, no. it was a genuine. You are all I have, and you're all I need. Yes. Yes. And I, I want to be changed. I want to be a different person coming through. I want to be more humble. I want to know that I'm spiritually poor. I want to know that I need you. And I want to know that whatever you give me belongs to you anyway. You know, when those things happened, life changed. Yes, yes. So the thing that I find really interesting is, um, so I've, I've written a book called, um, I've called it Addict. And it was um, still editing it and I'll probably publish it at some point and um, the, the idea is that sometimes people can use Jesus and God a bit like a paracetamol yeah so when they feel a bit down in the dumps they turn to Jesus but when yep. everything's hunky-dory and everything's fine Jesus and God same person of course become less and less relevant yeah when, when when the good times are going yeah how, how have you maintained your identity when things are good and yep. uh, as opposed to just the bad times yeah, I think I think there's there's a couple of layers to that. Number one is that in the bad times, if you let Jesus change you, you'll change forever. Like I am, cha I am a changed person from the inside. I do not see yes. Christianity, my faith, people. When I, when, you know, I've moved from being an idealistic, 
young thrusting leader that wants to that god can change everything and stand at the front of the pulpit and give it all the big talk about god wants to change your world and all the stuff you see online at the moment and god is here for you and god is going to change your life i've gone from that to like god is going to change your life but it's going to be hard and he yeah. changes your life in a valley and not in the mountaintops. And if you're in a valley right now, that is a good place to be because that's where the transformation happens. Yeah. And that's what the scripture says. Blessed are you. That condition of blessing is there for you when you're spiritually and physically and emotionally and mentally and financially poor yeah. because yeah. you can see heaven in a new way. You see, yeah. we cannot see heaven from a place of pride. From a place of pride, we can only see ourselves and our lives and our ministries and yeah. our businesses. And I've had it all taken away. Yeah. And I can see heaven. So what do I want now? I want heaven. Heaven is a better reality. The truth of God is a better reality than the reality that I can build. Mm, so, mm, you know, mm. and, and so I've realized whatever I can build is completely minuscule and secondary to the reality of heaven. So, you know, in Colossians where it says, set your mind on the things above and heaven's reality. Yes. So it, it, I suppose my, my answer to that question is it's changed my perspective. Yeah. It's changed my reality. If my reality is heaven, yeah. then I want to live for heaven. I want to I want to do things on this earth that have a heavenly reality. Not do things on this earth that build me a nice, comfortable life. So what does that look like so, then? What what does the heavenly reality look like? So i think it looks like the way that I live my life every day at trying to help and bless and empower others. Yep. So if you look at what we do to the wonderful group, it's all about empowering others. Mm. So it's all about pushing what God's given me and giving it to others and, and, and releasing it to others. So whether that's through the foundation and we are supporting, and I'm not going to go into each of the areas now, but whether it's through direct financial and time support, whether it's through me giving my, my skills, my time, my expertise into other organizations, whether it's me just looking at something and saying, God wants to do something there and I'm going to step in, whether yeah. it's prayer, whether it's so, and I, and I, you know, I, I don't want to sort of talk too much about what we do, but it, it, it's a filter heavenly reality becomes a filter from which you live your earthly life love it so, and I'm, the apostle paul had that filter right yeah paul the apostle paul you know in that in that time between his conversion experience and his ministry release yeah his filter completely changed paul knew how to build structures and organizations he was the head of the of the religious groups he knew how to structure things and organize things and how to speak and how to preach and how to to build organizations he knew that but yeah. god gave him a new reality yes. his damascus experience his damascus journey was all about filtering a, a new paradigm for him and it was the heavenly reality mm. so everything he did whether he was in the marketplace whether he was in prison, whether he was on top of a hill, whether he was with religious leaders, whether he was with the other apostles, he was filtering a new reality the whole time. And, you know, that's 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 my passion right now. That's my... So, what, know, so what, keep, there. Well, what keeps you topped up? Because I, I remember um, this pandemic, it's been, it's amplified um, people's mental health. Yeah. It's been it's been a joy and a nightmare and a joy yeah. and a nightmare, mostly yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, when you find your joys, they become actually more permanent, uh, which was just great. You sense of value, you know, the people around you, uh, the things you've got, etc. Um, I remember seeing a friend of mine just, and I was going through some very difficult times a while back, and, and he said that, um, yeah, he's in his 70s, and he said he went through a similar season, and God told him that actually, um, and we say, as we use this language, and God told me this. He had a strong sense 
And, and I think that's helpful that we, we put words around that. He had a very yeah. strong sense that he was being led towards doing something. And that leading, because of the nature and the character and, the, and where it was, was that he said it was God. And, and that sense was, God was leading him to say, spend time with me first thing every day. Pray yeah. and read my Bible. Get to know my yeah. character through the Bible and talk with me about anything. And yeah. my friend said to me, uh, look, Matt, you, you need to do this. You need to do this because it will do you a world of good. And I, um, so I do that. I do that. And that's part of the, why the reasons why I write these little devotions is, is actually as part of my own personal self, self-care, etc. Yeah. What, what is your self-care? Because, you know, you, you've, your DNA has changed through the darkness, but your DNA yeah. was changed. Your filters have been uh, um, aligned with what the kingdom of God looks like. What does God look like before us when we co- collaborate with what he's already doing? What keeps you fizzing? You know? Yeah. What keeps That's you going? That's a good question. Yeah. And it's a really tough question for me because my natural personality type is very active and very busy. Like, you know, I've in one level I've been busier during the pandemic yeah. than I even was before because because that internal drive that I have to help people and to love people and to motivate people and, and, and draw them to Jesus has meant that there's been more need during the pandemic. I've yeah. spent more time with leaders, more conversations like this, more WhatsApp chats yep. than I think I ever have because yeah, I get that. I get you know, that. And, 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 and I felt the strong impression in my heart at the beginning of the pandemic was I really felt a, a, a mission to sort of encourage leaders. So, you know, most yeah. of what I do is non-commercial, encouraging, <laughs> loving people. And, and yet, as I've done that, God's honored the commercial side of what we do in terms of the agency. And he's kept us and sustained us yeah. through this period. And that, that's another story. But I think for me, what, to answer your question directly, what keeps me going is that realignment to Christ on a daily, weekly basis. Like I find myself more needing to talk about God every every few hours I need in my mind and in my heart to check into something mm, I don't mm. know and, I, and I'm gonna be honest with you I don't know if this is a lifestyle thing or a pandemic thing but because we're online more mm. I find myself connecting into the things of God more and I find like I need it I need yeah. God more I can't go for two three four days without that deep connection in prayer and in the word or an encouraging message or someone said they're praying so and so i think for me it's realizing when you're when you're hungry you need food when you're tired you need sleep when you're spiritually poor you need jesus yes 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 i like it now to be hungry and tired I know that when I'm hungry, I need food. When I'm tired, I need sleep. When I'm spiritually poor, I need Jesus. And I've realized that every day I'm spiritually poor. I can't do it myself. My own my own natural character failings, my yeah. own flaws in myself and my own ego. Yeah. If they take over, yeah. then I'm going to go down a, wrong, down a rabbit hole. So I'm trying to constantly put those things aside because those things are always there. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, Paul said, you put off the, your, the former man concerning its old lusts and put on the new man. Yeah, and yeah, putting yeah. on the new man is a physical, active thing you have to do. So mm, I mm. physically, actively put on the new man. And I say, right, 
today I choose, even if I go into a meeting, I will pray actively before I go into a meeting for God's outcome of a meeting. Yeah. And we've seen some phenomenal testimonies of what God has done sitting here in this front room with a city wallpaper behind me. Mm. Like seeing God do some incredible things over last year because yeah. I'm trying to put him at the center of everything I do and not just the bless me prayer in the morning. The yeah, yeah, prayer. yeah. You know, so blessing for me isn't something that God gives you. It's something that you you walk in. It's something that you are. The the thing that I I've I've learned, uh, and and I'm sure other, yourself you've learned this as well, is um, I'm I'm not on my own. Um, my yeah. my wife has has taught me that I need to extend my language from me to we. Right. Which means that uh, uh, we share our lives together and then yeah. what the decisions that I make is a is a we decision rather than a me decision um, and uh, the impact of whether or not I am spiritually on on tune on fire or not has an impact in my in my marriage in, in, in yes, my parenting right. in, in my work etc yep um, just absolutely just you know just you know you know you know, thinking about um, you know wrapping up things up now, and just firstly, just want to say thank you just for spending some time with us because I, I think we could spend hours just talking about various bits and pieces about what does it look like for the kingdom of God to be revealed in business and in church and in relationships and in in the office, etc. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, the question I have, which I would, uh, you know, it's putting you on the spot, is. What's been your anchor in all of this, and then um, and that you would share as a as a as a nugget of truth to someone like your children or my children, mm. or someone who's going through it right now? What has been? What will be the anchor to to tether people to say it's going to be all right? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious answer to that is is an absolute intimacy with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That to me, if you're asking me. You know, and I'm going to give a couple because I think that in one level, one sense it's obvious, but yeah. in one sense, I cannot give glory to anything other than Jesus Christ. You know, I think yeah. I have seen his glory manifest in my life when glory means it's okay just to go through that day. When glory means you've yeah. stuffed up and you've had an absolutely appalling day yeah. and you've been an absolute rot bag, but Jesus still loves you. <laughs> and he still speak words of life over you in the evening yeah. and you can go to bed and your wife still turns around and says she loves you although yeah. you've been an absolute yeah rock bag to her you know that to me is the is the grace and the mercy of jesus in reality so his grace and his mercy his mercy where we don't get what we deserve and his grace where we get what we don't deserve yeah. is yeah. to me just an unbelievable anchor point and it's something that I treasure so much on my daily basis that I don't want to abuse it. I want to walk in his grace now. And I want to, as I receive his mercy on a daily basis mm. of forgiveness, of redemption, of restoration, I want to therefore love him more, I mean, be that better person, be that person that doesn't have to keep walking in those same things that I did yesterday. So mm. daily grace, daily grace and daily mercy is my anchor point. I think from from a sort of worldly, from a human perspective, I think the last the thing I've learned over the last five years, but also during this pandemic, is the power of 
relationships where you can be yourself. Yes. You know, and I'm and I'm being yes. honest now. You know, I'm being very, but I am brutally honest with people that I know that I trust. Yeah. Because, you know, if you look at my CV, I'm the CEO of this, and I'm a leader of that. Yeah, I've yeah. It's all, all that stuff. It's yeah. all just stuff. But at the end yeah. of the day. We are children of God and we all stand equal in value, yep. worth and order before Jesus, before the yeah. cross, where there's no one person is better than another person. And so yep. I yep. think the value of realizing how if I look at a, a little child or someone who's of a different you know, race or country from we're the same people before yeah. god he loves us the same to get off my high horse and just love people and the more that i've uh, that's become an anchor yes. you know the more the more love that i've given the more love i've received basically and oh. so that to me is real kind of a real you know who, who have i loved today how have i helped to love people today because i know that the same measure i give to them will be measured back to me as well so it's kind of there's been there's loads of kind of small anchor points in my life now that I didn't have yeah. five years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. but and the more I've done that, yeah. yeah, it is, it is it's authenticity and just that honesty and humility to realize that I am a wretch of a person in myself. <laughs> and it's, it's only, it's only the love of Jesus, only his mercy and his grace yeah. that yeah. empowers me to be, to be that son of God, that child of God, that, that God describes us as. So are there you any um, any books at all that you, that you have read recently or, or have in the past that have been, that still, you know, speak into you that you would recommend our listeners? Yeah, it's a good question. And do you know what, uh, top of my head, do you know one of the books I've read recently that's it's more to do with the stage of life that I'm at? Um, is a Richard Raw book, Richard and R O H R. Yeah, and it's called Falling Upwards. Yes, and I've it, read it. It's amazing. You read it? Great oh. book, right? That really helped me. That really helped me. It really helped me to to filter a lot of this. And you know, the other thing as well is to filter it through a non-evangelical English paradigm. To filter jesus and god through a different paradigm yes was so helpful yeah. for me because it helped me to see outside of my context and say do you know what god is actually bigger than what i realized and god yeah. is more grace grace full of grace than i realize or god actually isn't filtered through an evangelical christian english paradigm thank the god lord is, for that exactly that right <laughs> you know, so the divine dance is another book by his that i really love um yeah. another book that's been really good is now i'm going to, have to spell his name i'm just quickly his name is pete scazzero s-c-a-z-z-e-r-o and he writes a lot he's a christian pastor or christian leader yeah fantastic around emotionally healthy discipleship so being a, becoming emotionally healthy is one of my life's journeys because yeah. of my natural personality type and because of the way that i'm wired i yeah. am I'm a very direct, black and white, forthright kind of person. Very, yes. So understanding my emotional triggers has been massive. Yeah. Um, and so myself, my wife, and my wife's actually does, does a lot around the Enneagram. Yeah, so does I'm, mine. Uh, I'm a seven. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm an eight, right? Oh, okay, and, uh, there you go. Yeah, and they're kind of a little bit cuckoo yeah, yeah. type people. Yeah. So <laughs> understanding my shadow. So in Pete Scazzaro talks a lot in emotional health leadership around understanding your shadow and understanding yeah. what your shadow does to you. So I now know my shadow. I know when I'm an unhealthy version of myself. 
And I know that I'm being overbearing, I'm being overpowering, I'm being too direct, I'm not being magnanimous, I'm not being humble. So knowing my shadow has helped me to know what it means to walk in the light. And it's brought a whole new understanding of what it means to walk in the light. The light of God, yeah. when when the light of God shines on you, yeah. there is only light. In him, there is no darkness. Yeah. But in our natural yeah. selves, we have a shadow. Yes. Our character yeah. flaws, our weaknesses, our rejections, our pains, our insecurities, they're all a shadow that we carry. So you can't ignore those things, but you've got to know that they're a shadow, and they're, and they're, but they're not the light. They're not the reality of heaven, as the scripture says. Yeah. So I think... I've ju- and I listen to Pete Scazzaro stuff all the time, you know, in podcasts, I've read his books. So yeah. I'm always processing my emotional self as well to become more emotionally intelligent, you know, not be such a caveman. You know, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's a real, you know, so understanding your whole self, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually has become a real anchor point to go yeah. back to your question. Yeah. So it's not just I've, I've read a great scripture and I'm spiritually pumped, but emotionally I'm an absolute muppet today because so it's understanding my whole self understanding that i need to go for a walk every day for my mental health understanding that i need to spend time with my children outside of the house because the household environment is stressful yeah so it's understanding myself much healthy healthy patterns healthy rhythms absolutely absolutely so they're they're real anchor points as well it's just yeah those sorts of things that's so good that's so good. Well, Dan, look, thank you so much. You've been, um, I knew it was going to be good. Um, <laughs> I knew it was going to be really wonderful, of course, just to put oh, it in there the we words. go. I had to put it in. <laughs> I was going to find put in, Dan, you really do have a wonderful life. Um, but <laughs> um, uh, don't. Um, you probably heard them all. Uh, it is an amazing film, by the way, just saying. Um, so look, how can people find you um, uh, through the world of the internet and whatever else? What's the best way that people connect to you? If they've something that's resonated, they'd like to know more about you and stuff, where can they find you? Uh, well, I think, you know, where, we, where I spend a lot of time encouraging people is to do Wonderful Leaders. So wonderfulleaders.com okay. is a place where we have a podcast there where we're sort of where we're sort of talking to Christian leaders about their journey and, and some of the highs and lows. Um, we, you know, uh, so wonderfulleaders.com, we've got a private Facebook group or closed Facebook group yeah. where, you know, we have different people contribute and encourage each other. We'll bring a different thing. And that's very much around those people that are, you know, at work, at school, teachers at school, in politics, um, and just, you know, just journeying together. Love so it. Wonderful Leaders is a place where we journey together with people, you know, or, or you know, or feel free to get my contact in and just chat. You know, for me, it's, yeah, you know, life is life is about, you know, being connected into God and into each other. And, and that, yeah. that's, that's all that really matters. Brilliant. The brands don't matter. No, I get you. I hear that. Well, bless you and thank you. And um, no doubt people will be in touch because I just think what you're doing is a joy. So it's really good. Uh, thanks mate thank you so much for having me on it's been a real privilege likewise take care well I just want to say thank you for joining us today on this podcast and uh, for any references that were made throughout be it groups or books or whatever um, do come and visit us on seasoned4.life and there we'll also have other details about all the other podcasts that we have done and will be doing also. Take care and we'll catch up soon.